I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks good. for having you me. You like that intro? I tried. I tried. Very good intro, man. Very good. You touched on a lot there. It's good. It's hey, well, we, we, we have to make you look good, you know, in order for you to, to be on. I'm no Joe Rogan, but we try our best. We try our best. So, so you know, give the uh, the listeners, the viewers, give them a little snapshot of you. Because if they don't know you, they should know you. But I like giving, uh, you know, elaborating a little bit on, uh, on your background. Yeah. Um, well, you did touch on a lot. So uh, most people, those who know me, probably know me from home improvement uh, television, whether that's DIY Network or HGTV and soon to be CBS. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the new show. I can't say much about it. Other than fact, yeah. It will be on CBS. But uh, yeah, no, I, most of my um, uh, the people that know me from the shows, uh, like you mentioned, like the DIY Network shows, which, you know, Man Caves, uh, Desperate Landscapes, uh, Sledgehammer. My God, going back probably and before that was while you were out on TLC. Oh right. my God, we're, we're really going back now, right? Yeah. So uh, that's where it all started, though. To be honest with you, when I came out to New York City, I moved out to New York because uh, as a young guy, I say young, I was probably in my late 20s, early 30s, and I thought to myself, if I want to pursue a, a career in entertainment, I can't stay in Upper Michigan. Right. You know, you got to be where the action is. So that's either New York or California. So I thought, I'm going to go to New York. So I thought, you know, I took my savings and I moved out there and I'm like, um, never thought that I would end up in construction. Uh, I, I mean, it, it, let me let me rephrase that. I never thought I would end up on the entertainment side doing construction. Right. That was my life. My life was my life spent construction. Right. I mean, I've, I've grown up in the trades. I'm a big advocate for the trades, but never thought that the two would mix. Right. So I came out to moved out to New Jersey. Actually, I lived in New Jersey. I was, uh, you know, in the city, you know, going through the process of being an actor and a model and doing all that stuff. And then uh, got a call one day from my agent uh, for a um, casting. It was a it was a um, commercial casting. And, you know, a lot of times you get these calls, you know, you go in, it's the last second thing. You run into the city, you go into the, the, the casting room in one of the buildings in the city. And it's the same process. You know, you right. run in 50 guys in there. You know, you're just one more face in the crowd. Right. And uh, I just remember this one being for American Tools. That was the commercial. It was for American Tools. And I thought, I had just left. I was redoing a condo. I was actually remodeling a condo in Hobo. Mm -hmm. And I had my tool belt with me. I'm like, well, it's American Tools. I might as well take my tool belt with me, right? Well, so you, I wanted you to looked apart. <laughs> I went into the city and uh, I, you know, I took the subway in because I lived in Hoboken at the time. So mm -hmm. it was just an easy subway ride. 
Uh, for those who don't know, Hoboken, New Jersey is right on the other side of the water from New York City. So you just take what's called the PATH train, which is the subway that goes underneath. The other side of the swamp. You get in the PATH exactly. train, it doesn't smell any better down there either. But <laughs> You're right about that. Yeah. So anyway, I go, there, I go into the casting. Uh, you know, again, there's two the other guys. Um, I was the only guy with a tool belt down. The only guy that went in with the tool belt down. So that's all right. This is cool. So I walk into the. The room, you know, all castings are the same. You walk in, there's three people sitting at the table. You got to slate your name, Jason Cameron. And, they, and, they, and I just remember the guy saying, so Jason, uh, we want you to work on a, um, on a, there's a, there's a basically a piano bench in front of me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what would you do to change this piano bench into a storage bench? This is the casting, right? Right, right. Okay. So I, I'm going through my spiel. And uh, I remember the guy saying, um, looking at my bio and he goes, oh, your dad is James Cameron. And I'm like, yeah, that's my father. It's James Cameron. <laughs> he he obviously, I mean, James Cameron is a pretty, it's not an uncommon name, but I'm like, yeah, I'm going to use it. I might as well use it to my favor. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's James Cameron. That's my father. That's my father. Um, so I went through my spiel, did the thing, and they're like, thank you very much. Goodbye. Because you always leave thinking I'm not going to get this, right? That was your, you know, I'm, I'm walking out. Yeah, as it's, I'm it's, walking a, out it's a dog-eat-dog situation when you're going for these casting calls. Yeah, you know, you, you know, it's it's a it's a luck of the draw. Yeah, you, know, yeah. Just, you, you always want to be there. You always want to put yourself out there. So uh, as I was leaving the room, uh, the casting director came up and said, "Hey, they're casting for while you're out down the street. You should go down there." I'm like, "Really?" Uh, so because I, you know, this is right when Trading Spaces was big. Right, right. You know, trading Spaces really put home improvement on the map. I mean, before Trading Spaces, you didn't really have anything that really was a destination channel for home improvement. Trading Spaces changed all of that. Right. So um, I'm like, oh, while you're out, I've seen that show. So I go down the street, I go into another casting. And uh, of course, that was for while you're out. Again, I was just, again, it's almost like identical, same group of guys, almost identical. Mm-hmm. I was the only guy with the tool belt on. And I think it was the tool belt that ended up getting me that job. I was, and I was two weeks away from signing Guiding Light, believe it or oh, not. Oh, look at that. You would have been on daytime TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, thank God. Been- that would have been something. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been I would have turned it down, but uh, the opportunity to do something, which is a passion of my construction and reality TV, and uh, I was like, no brainer. So I ended up taking that gig, and uh, the rest is history, man. I've been in home improvement uh, television since. So yeah. and that was back in 2003 or 2004. So. And and you come from a you know construction background. Uh, see, so people so people understand. I mean, you, you've done a number of shows, but you also you know you 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 weren't born in Michigan, but you lived there for for a while. You went to school over in Michigan, and yeah. you, you got used to that cold weather. So you kind of you know what the chills like. No, you don't, man. I mean, I, I lived there for a bit too, and that yeah. that that chill. <laughs> I don't miss it, Lewis, man. I'm telling you, I don't miss it at all. I just talked to a friend of mine up there. It's already snowed, and I'm like, I thank God. Yeah, it's uh, no, that's not snow. That's like, uh, you yeah. know, you go to LA, New York, you maybe get an inch, two inch, three inches over there, average uh, six, a foot, a foot and a half, and you're, yeah. you're trekking through that stuff. You know, it's, it's kind yeah, of. It was nothing when I was growing up up there to, to wake up, and there was basically a foot of snow and uh, two feet on the ground. It was nothing to wake up to that. It was nothing to, to go outside and you're shoveling off the whole time or snow blowing. It was just, yeah, I mean, it's a long winter. Uh, the UP's a long winter, but uh, beautiful. Oh, yeah. Beautiful up there in the summertime, but yeah, it's just uh, not for me. But uh, yeah, so I grew up in the trades all my life. I, I'm a big advocate of the trades. I, I, I always uh, I, I do a lot of speeches and I work with a lot of kids and I, I promote uh, the trades. Um, so well, what do you they, what do you do with the kids? Let's talk about that because that that's the so, good guy stuff. This is the yeah. good stuff that comes out of the things you do. 
No, absolutely. I'm, I'm uh, because I'm such a proponent of the trades. Uh, I love uh, working with kids. Uh, and I, when I say kids, I'm, I'm talking, you know, teenagers. Oh, you, you, did you notice? You notice this right behind me? You notice this? What's that? That's you. <laughs> if you put me on a big screen, you'll see it. <laughs> I was just going to say, how do I make this bigger here? I just, yeah, just go it. big screen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I, yeah, gave, I gave I gave you a proper a proper proper entry onto the show. I appreciate that, man. But I, listen, I'm I'm uh, you know I was one of those guys. I mean, my my mom and dad split when I was very young, so my dad wasn't around much. You know, I mean, we spent a little time with him, but it was my mom that raised three boys on her own. Got, I mean, you know, oh, good God love her. Yeah, God love her. She worked three jobs and did what she had to do to support us. But that being said, I, I uh, sympathize with that. I sympathize yeah. with it. Went through the same Absolutely. thing. Yeah. So all the mothers out there, God bless you that yep. take care. of and or, or girls and, and raise them, uh, you know, do what you got to do for them. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. So, and she graduated, she went back to school at 40, graduated on the dean's list and became teacher of the year. So, big, yeah, I love big it. Prop. I love big it. Prop. Yeah, um, no. But no I, I, learned, I learned back then, I, I knew, I know what it was like, you know, being a kid and not having the uh, father figure around or not being able to, uh, you know, enjoy those uh, hand me downs from your dad in terms of, you know, being taught those lessons. So, Right. As someone who grew up and, uh, and and had a strong work ethic, had a very strong work ethic, and I think that's one thing that uh, I like to impress on kids uh, today. Because well, I, and Lewis, maybe you've noticed this, uh, and, and probably the last maybe ten years, the kids that are coming up now, they don't have the work ethic that we had. They don't. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. The entitlement big- issue that 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 lays there for whatever reason. Don't get it. I think it, I think it also stems into uh, social media and mm-hmm. the instant gratification we get now on social media and the things that we don't. We're not wanting for much now. Yeah. You know? When yeah. we were growing up, it was really impressed upon us. We didn't have much. In my mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying that that's good or bad. I'm just saying that when you grow up in that environment where you don't have the resources, the things that you want, that's not a bad thing. It's just something that you learn at a young age. You want something, you got to work for it. Right. You're going to hand it to you. So one of the things I like to impress on kids is that. You know, listen. I, I didn't get to where I'm at. I didn't have this. I don't. I didn't have the success that I have today. And when I say success, I'm talking about the things that are that are known by most people. Like you know, you see me on TV and you see the shows that I've done. And listen, uh, on one hand, of course, it's it's the luck of the draw. There is some luck involved. There is some timing involved. There mm-hmm. are you know. But at, at the same time, there's a lot of hard work involved. Sure. A lot of hard work. Um, I didn't become successful because I was lucky. I became successful because I worked my ass off mm-hmm. and nobody ever outworked me. I was, I would be on set. Nobody had to tell me to do something ever. And one of my biggest pet peeves is when I work with uh, younger people and uh, I don't care if you don't know anything because you're eager to learn. It's just have the work ethic and the responsibility to know that you're there to work. Sure. You know? Sure. And you know, if you've got to be told every five minutes to do something, then that's a good sign that you're not, you know, you don't have the mentality that it takes to really uh, become the professional that you want to become. So yeah. and um, that's a problem we have in today's society. These kids, they think everything's going to be handed to them. They don't go out and get it. They think it's just going to, you know, through osmosis, this is going to happen. You know, it, yeah. takes, it takes that hard work. And I, you laugh, I laugh because, you know, when we were kids, it was a different story. Now, yeah, well, yeah. you know, like we stand at the bottom of a mountain there. Somebody gave a really good analogy to us. And I remember the gentleman's name. He's, he's a speaker as well. And I, I was listening to him one day and he made it, per, uh, he made a perfect analogy. He was talking about standing at the, at the base of a mountain and looking at the top and real and thinking about the journey and what route you're going to take to get there, which is what some of us would do. And then the other one's like, why should I have to walk up there and do that? Why don't you just take me to the top? You know, 
Yeah. Can I get a ride? Can I get a ride to the top? Why do I got to? Why do I got to work all the way up there? Because that's part of the process. Yeah. You know, and that, that's called working for what you get. You know, and uh, and and you know, claiming that victory when you get there. You know, because yeah. it's the journey that got you there, and that's what makes you who you are. It's the, it's the pitfalls. It's the failures. It's the that make you, you know, well, it, it builds your character, you know, like David Goggins, what he, he mentions a, a similar story. He said he was running. He was running and he came across some guy training some people and that he was just running. They said, oh, he, he said, oh, I want to run with you. He said, come, yeah. come, then come tomorrow. Tomorrow comes the guy. Oh, I, I'm not feeling well. It's too early. So a day in, day out, he's doing it. And Goggins is running every day. And then one day he's running and he sees the, uh, the, um, whatever that 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 uh that unit that goes to the to the mountains pass him and the guy's on it trying to go up the mountain while he's running up the mountain you know the easy path how does that work it doesn't build character what does it do you know yeah no it does and it doesn't force you to understand the the uh, how to how to get over these situations how to adapt and how to overcome you know i'm 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 a huge advocate of that but you know working with kids is great because it gives me an opportunity to explain to them you know what the real world is really like um, uh, and how to prepare for it. Um, you know, the work ethic you need, the honesty and the integrity that you need. Integrity is a huge thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I love, uh, I love that, that aspect of being able to give back, especially to, to help kids achieve, you know, which is really cool. Yeah, you got you got to do that, you know. And if they look, you you you're not a one trick pony, and that, that's that's why I like you because of things you've you've done. Okay, you know, even though we had to fight to get you that check on Twitter, but that's a different story altogether. Uh, <laughs> those bastards. But but uh, you know, you you've done a lot of things. You you were involved in fitness. People people look at you that you're in shape, but you did some things in fitness that people really, unless they look, they really don't know. Yeah, you know. You know you had the Burt Reynolds time. You had the rose in your mouth, center fold, men's health, yeah. right? <laughs> the Burt Reynolds thing, that's funny, man. I remember that. that, that what was the Sports Illustrated? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Most people don't know that. You, you talk about the Burt Reynolds, you know, thing that they did, and it's kind of funny, that, that uh, thing. But, no, I, I fit, listen, uh, like you, uh, fitness is just part of my life. Fitness is a, a constant in my life. It's, it always has been. It's, I always say it's my other life fitness with my other life um and uh i was lucky i mean i I was lucky in the respect that when i came out to new york um when i was trying to get in the entertainment world to become an actor or or even do what i'm doing now which i don't consider an actor you know we're in the on the reality side of the home improvement um you're you become a character you become somebody that somebody that you know uh, has a show and people recognize you from that but Mm -hmm. um the the modeling thing was it was a great way to um, get the foot in the door. And it was a great way to um, uh, obviously to make money at the time, and uh, it was something that I was already involved in. So I'm like, why not model? You know, I mean, yeah. I, I do this every day, and uh, it was it's funny. You and I had, had talked a little bit about Mike O'Hearn, um, as you I know you're a big friend. I know you're a friend of his, and yeah. uh, you you talk to him a lot. But uh, um, he he's he's we're the same age. He's maybe four months older than I am. We're all the um, same age. We're all in the same bracket. There you that, go. That son of a bitch. He's uh, gee, he looks like he's about thirty. Unbelievable, man. I mean, talk about a motivating guy. I, mean, yeah. I, I watch his stuff. I, once in a while, I watch his clips, you know, because I follow him on social media. Uh, what an inspiration that guy is! Because to see him and the shape he's still in, you yeah. know, I mean, I look back at him when he was, you know, when I was younger, yeah. as somebody who was who I was looking at as somebody that you know to uh, respect in the industry. And wow, I give a lot of props to Michael Hearn because he looks incredible. 
that's that's the model that I followed. I mean, I was just very uh, healthy. I you know, and, and I talked to a lot of guys that I used to compete against because I competed for a while in bodybuilding, and uh, you know, you you had that um, that uh, maybe desire or that um, when you're younger, it's easier to fall into that trap where you want to start using, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you, and when you watch, uh, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, those who are involved in watching like the Mr. Olympia and some of these bigger bodybuilding shows, you know, to attain something like that. Uh, sometimes it requires those tough decisions if you want to decide yeah, to do. But and in that realm, you're talking about a different world, <laughs> and you need to look. I, like I, the Jay Cutlers and everything in the world, they do what they do. You need a little assistance, and I mean, it, yeah. it's the reality. You know, right uh, now there's not even any, any hiding up about it. When people yeah. it used to be yeah. like a kayfabe type of thing, don't talk about it. Yeah, but, I, I think most. I think most of the pro bodybuilders now are open about it uh, to some extent. A lot of them will talk about it. In fact, if you listen to some of them, they're, they're very open about it. You know, I won't name names, but and, and nothing. And listen, I'm not knocking anybody. Uh, to each their own, man. I mean, if that's something you choose to do, that's that's up to you. I, I'm, I'm, but I decided. I decided not to. It wasn't something that I wanted to pursue. I, I just. I was nervous. I, I, I cared about my health. And I didn't want to take a chance on something that I knew could give you instant gratification, but later on in life might throw some curveballs at you and be a big problem. So yeah. I decided not to do that, but I'm, but I'm glad I didn't. I just, you know, I, I really enjoy the sport. Uh, it is a one person sport. It's a very uh, personal sport. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know you, now listen, I, I watch your videos and your clips. You're always in. I mean, I, you're in there every morning. Yeah, you and got to, man, because that, that's staying alive. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and I, so I, even the clients that I have, you know, I can't, listen, you can't impress upon them. I can't give you my, my desire. You know, you, you've got to want this. I can't, right. you know, anybody that I train, it's like, you know, you, you got to want this. I'm here for you, but you got to right. want this. Yeah, people don't know that you still train people. You know, yeah, this is absolutely. part of what this is part of your life. See, when you're in that in that lifestyle, you don't break apart uh, from it. You can't, you know, no. and, and when you don't train, you're like, ah, you know, you feel you feel just bad. But then you start building relationships that last that last a lifetime because you have like minded people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And, and, yeah. It depends. I mean, I work with beginners. I work with intermediates. I work with advanced. And, you know, I mean, uh, everybody's different. Everybody has a different goal in mind because it's all goal-oriented, goal right? Mm -hmm. What do you want to get out of this? What is it you're trying to pursue? Sure. You know, beginners, they just want to be in shape. I mean, advanced athletes, they want to make, get to that next level. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's so different for everybody. But um, it's such a, a fulfilling uh, lifestyle, and it just makes you feel better. And, uh, you know, I, I so it's something that I've really enjoyed for a long time. I still do. Mm -hmm. uh, I work out sometimes twice a day. Uh, so, you know, and I, I have a gym in the basement now, which is great. Yeah, so, I remember you were building it. You know, I'll show you I'll show you my facility one day. And yeah. but you, but stuff that you got to do, you know, yeah. you, I mean, but because because you, you you're working crazy hours when you're doing your show. You're working crazy hours in general. Yeah, I, I know yeah, how you yeah. roll. I know. <laughs> Especially when you're doing the show, because you're right. You're on the road a lot. Yeah. Uh, Thank God I have a wife that's uh, understanding and she she's very supportive of what I do. She works in, in uh, finance, which you'll appreciate. Uh, yeah. And uh, so she um, she is used to my schedule, I guess, at this point, because I'll, I'll be on the road for a length of time. And then I'm home for a while and then I'll be on the road again. So it's a very unique uh, uh, schedule. So being, being able to have a gym in the basement is great because, you know, I, even though I love the gym, I love the uh, environment, going to a gym and being able to work out with people. But to be able to walk into your basement and just uh, be able to work out anytime you want is, is, uh, is special. 
Yeah, so. that that this. I mean, when you do that, you can get up at four. You can get up at one. You have something on your mind. You can go work out. You know, no one's you gonna. Were early. You, know. you were early, right? So you were early, right? Yeah, about four. Oh, <laughs> good for you, man. I, that's too early for me, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I, I started I started walking. So now doing about two miles a day. So, uh, yeah. you know, because I don't like doing cardio. So I figured that's nice cardio. I get to see things, see a bush, see a dog. <laughs> no, see, I'm not a big cardio guy either. I, would, I, will, go, I will still go out. Uh, one of my biggest uh, things is uh, plyometrics in the park. I'll do plyos and sprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big advocate of sprints. Uh, it's something that I think people, you know, that are looking to um, to really burn uh, the calories. And, and, you know, it's it's very interesting when you talk about, you know, uh, long distance runners, when you talk about people who run a lot, mm-hmm. who, are, who are runners. Um, it's very damaging to the body. I think what a lot of people don't realize is, uh, and I know people that are that are diehard runners, right, mm-hmm. distance runners. And that's great. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying uh, it's it's very detrimental to your joints, mm-hmm. especially your lower body. Uh, sprinters, however, if you look at a sprinter versus a marathon runner, you see an automatic difference. I mean, yep. sprinters look like bodybuilders, yep. right? They do because yeah, it's all- tanks. They they're just built a certain way, and they're built for speed. Exactly. It's not a it's not a lung capacity issue. It's a VOT two issue. It's a yep. uh, chemical uh, reaction, mm-hmm. and uh, it it does it not only burns a lot of calories, but it's it's just a it's a great way to do a very short, intense type of uh, training. Because uh, I'm not a big distance guy. I'm not like you. I'm not a big cardio guy. I don't want to spend an hour on a cardio machine. Uh, oh. Not knocking it. I'm just saying. So uh, for me, uh, lifting is is priority for me. You know. Yep. Um, I'll do the cardio when I need to do it. And certain, uh, but sprinting for me is handles all of that and the plyometrics and things like that. So you're getting all the cardio you need, but you're also getting the uh, the hit as well. You know, you're getting the muscles involved the way you need to get them involved. So. And then that's the thing when you when you're sprinting or you're doing anything that's quick like that, you're yeah. you're you're activating certain parts of your your muscles and your joints, your ligaments yeah. that won't activate if you're doing like long distance uh, running. You're not yeah, gonna activate it, right? Because long distance running is you're you're actually uh, prolonging that uh, that abuse. You know, mm-hmm. you're prolonging, especially if you're running on pavement, if you're running on hard surfaces. Oh yeah, your knees, your ankles, your back. It takes a toll uh, when you're doing miles upon miles. Is where sprinting is a very you're doing you know, uh, you know thirty yards, you're doing forty yards, you're doing mm-hmm. fifty yards, you know. And but it's a very short distance, but it's a very high intensity. Oh yeah, uh, okay. yeah. Multiple, right. So we'll go out. We'll do. We'll start with a twenty yard, then we'll go to a thirty yard, then we'll start go to a forty yard, and we'll do three sets of each. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then plyos, uh, plyometrics, uh, things like that. So I mean, uh, very intense. Uh, you know, uh, and then we'll, we'll, but we'll incorporate those things. I don't do them right. all the time. We'll incorporate them into the, into the plan. So, uh, but again, it depends. It depends on, on why you're training, what you're training for, mm-hmm. what you're trying to achieve, you know? So, um, but, yeah, you built you built your things down in the basement. People, you know, you're a handyman to the third level because I saw when you I followed when you were building that preacher bench, and I said, yeah. "Son of a bitch, you actually you're going to be proud of me because I built my facility." Did you? Yeah. Did you build it? Cables right. and everything. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I didn't. I wasn't gonna build the cables. I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna go that far. But I did build the squat rack because I know what I wanted for the squat mm-hmm. rack. You know, you can get a lot of different setups sure. for a squat rack depending on what you're trying to do. So, um, simply by using four by fours and some brackets, you can do uh, whatever you. you can, that's what I love about it. You can customize it any way you want. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, so yeah. Uh, you're right. I, I built that whole thing, and it probably I, for 500 bucks. Otherwise, it would have cost me 1500 to buy what I wanted out of, out of metal. Right. Right. Um, and then the yeah, because it's not it's not a regular preacher bench and squat rack. You built something that's heavy yeah. duty. Yeah. No, four by four. So I mean, that, that can handle whatever kind of weight you can throw it. As long as it's built correctly, it can handle whatever weight you can throw it. Now, I'm not knocking uh, a steel cage. I'm not knocking squat rack. I mean, I think that's great. And they make different kinds now that you can fold up. You know, you see the ones on the on the wall that go up. So, I mean, there's, but I just, I love working with my hands. I love building stuff. So for right. me, I'm like, I have to build it. And then the preacher bench, the preacher curl uh, bench that cost me probably $250 to make. Mm -hmm. And if you buy them, they're probably $500. Yeah. So, I mean, and well, I built the, it. What you built, you know, it would cost more than that because of how you built it. It's not a rinky dink uh, you know, piece of equipment. That thing's heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I said, holy crap. It's on wheels, so I can wheel it around. But uh, yeah, so the, the upholstering, and that's where a lot of people, you know, if you decide to build something like that, mm -hmm. there are things involved, like the upholstery and stuff like that, if you're not used to it. But I mean, it's a good learning experience, and it's fun to build. And uh, I, you know what? Now that you're bringing that up, I need to put those plans online. Somebody, If somebody wants that, I need I, to. I, I think you need to have a YouTube moment or something and just let people know. Because stuff like that, especially now, we're going into, you know, we've been, 2020 has been something else. Okay, I I have no word for it, no name for it. All I know is that it keep, you know it doesn't it does it keeps talking to us every day. Hurricanes, this that, all this yeah. stuff happening, and now they they're talking about another round of people, you know, staying home, and it's going to be tough. So, you know, being healthy is going to be important. People are going to need the stuff that you that you have to offer. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. Twenty twenties. I don't even know how to sum up 2020. It's a tough one, right? It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's been an up, upside down year. It's been mm -hmm. crazy. So, and, and, and no matter what side of the aisle you fall on in terms of politics, we don't need to go there. But just in terms of where we're at uh, with the uh, with coronavirus and uh, you know the mask and all this stuff, I mean, you know, it's new norm. I don't think it's new norm. I think it's something we got to live through right now. You know, oh. I'm hoping things get back. To, I mean, you, you're talking about now. You've heard that the uh, Vaccines are coming out, which thank mm -hmm. God. You know, um, so listen, it, it, you know, we we've been on this planet for how long? How long we've been on this yeah, planet? A long time, a long time. And but you know, the I thing is that, is the that, that out, yeah, know? yeah. And you know, the thing is, I think what we're gonna have is is uh, an evolution, you know, a mishmash of this new norm and the old norm. People, you know, because businesses now they know that you don't need to come to the office. They can you can be remote and you can work remotely. So that, that's a big thing. I don't care what industry you're in. Well, except for manufacturing, things like that, you got to be where you, where you need to be. But as far as, you know, so the service industry, that's a different story. That's probably the biggest thing that's changed for 2020. You know, if you want to sum it up that way, is mm -hmm. just the fact that we've changed our working habits now. We've, we've now uh, found ways and probably um, we, never have we worked this much from home. People are working from home now. They've found ways to shortcut going in the office. They found so that's been a huge change. Kids learning from home now, doing the classes online. I mean, um, life has definitely changed completely for most people. You know, especially yeah. With me. so. Yeah, uh, just gotta adjust. You know, you gotta. You have no choice but to adjust because next year we don't know what's gonna happen. It's not even a political thing. It's it's a matter of you know let's let's get passes get the vaccine out do what you need to do get small business back in business yeah i mean that's the key i mean that's the lifeblood of this uh, economy is small business of right? course so, I mean, absolutely and that's why when i talk about the trades one of the um 
comparisons I'd like to make uh, with the trades. There was a study that was done. I don't know, like I, was, I think it was about five, six years ago, and I don't remember what magazine it was in, but it was it was uh, it was um, comparing uh, university and college degrees, uh, four-year degrees, with a um, with a trade degree, right? Whether that was a two-year, what you know, trade school, mm-hmm. and looking at the two and looking at the placement rates for both, right, upon graduation, mm-hmm. and, and they looked at uh, I think it was business and tech were the two they looked at for the universities, mm-hmm. and it was terrible placement rate. It was probably in the 40 percent range and part of that reason was because a lot of these things when kids are graduating now are being outsourced to different countries yep so they're graduating in this in this environment that they don't see a huge demand for you know i mean there's demand but it's not a big demand and they're a much uh larger group trying to compete right right? and the trade schools they looked at was a 90 something percent placement rate for trade schools well that makes sense yeah, in New Jersey right now, there are more people retiring than they do coming than they have coming into the industry, mm-hmm. right? So there's a huge demand for trades, big demand for trades, and trades you can't really outsource, right? The trades you really physically have to be oh, here. Yeah, you're working with your hands. You have to be there to do it. Yeah, you can't outsource that. So um, that's why I really like to talk to kids and, and um, really stress to them to really think about what it is you're trying to do. And if you have a clear vision of what you want to do as a profession, then sure, you know, look at your college route, you know, look at the things you need to do to, to attain that. Mm-hmm. But if you don't and you feel like you're going to college because you, you're forced to go or you feel like you have to go or you just feel like that's, you know, what everybody's pressuring you to do, you really need to, um, you know, take a second, pause and think about the uh, opportunities there are outside of college. Right. Because I think a lot of kids end up going to college because they feel like they have to go. Yeah. And they and they spend all this money by the time you graduate, you're so in debt and you don't have a lot of prospects, depending on what you graduate in. I mean, some people, you know, listen, some of these you know, majors that people pick, I'm like, did you really think through that? Did you really think about, you know, what the demand is out there for this? You know, yeah, I mean, how these majors come about? I don't know. It's, it's your guess is as good as mine. I, I hear some of them. I'm like, what did you take? What? You but, know why? It's because it's like the easy route. It's the easy route to, to get a degree, and that and that's that's what happens. But at the end of the day, what are you doing with it? But you know what? One of the, one of the biggest problems that I that I noticed, and I don't know if you know, uh, I don't know if you saw the video I did. I went up to the UP where I, where I graduated uh, high school. Where I graduated high school was Republic Michigan High School. There's 20 kids in my graduating class, and it, the whole school was K through 12. Right. <laughs> Small, but one of the one of the things they had, which I really loved, was shot class. I mean, I loved shot class when I was mm-hmm. a kid. I loved it. Uh, and um, probably in the late '90s, uh, early 2000s, they got rid of shot class. Is where most schools, most high schools across the country, one of the first places they cut, and they did this pretty uh, nationwide, was taking out shot class, getting rid of the trades, right, in schools, mm-hmm. uh, which I feel was a big mistake. Because sure. that, that took away that that prospect and that ability for these kids to learn at a younger age and really sense whether or not this is something they wanted to do. Uh, right. Once you get a feel for it and you work with your hands and you and you really get the sense that, that I love doing this, then you're more open to it as an option leaving high school. Right. Right. So we're trying to get this back. We're trying to. Uh, I'm actually trying to come up with a, uh, an idea now, a way to uh, whether that's a show or an online show or something where we can. Uh, Go to these high schools and 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 re-outfit these high schools and get them up and running again for the shop class, so these kids can learn 
uh, these trades from a younger age, learn how to work with their hands and maybe think about that as a possible career path. I like that. I mean, I, th I think that's a great idea because kids nowadays, they need something to call their own. Yeah. You know, we, we, you mentioned social media. You know, social media is very antisocial. These kids are learning how to how to connect digitally, but they're not learning how to connect in real life. It's funny you say that because you're, it's so true, right? We yeah. call it social media, but it's so antisocial. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that I took away. I, I I don't know how many people that are watching this have traveled, you know, the world or tra or traveled overseas. But uh, my wife and I love going to Italy. She just got her uh, Italian citizenship um, last year. Oh, well, look at her. She's ready to go. Yeah, she's ready to take you away. <laughs> she's tempting me. But, uh, but she went, it took her two years to do that. She went through her, uh, her father's side and got her Italian citizenship. But the last time we were there, I, I kept re – uh, Realizing, and I, I was—I kept reminding myself every time we walk down the plaza, or walk, whether you're in Rome or Florence or wherever you are. The one thing I noticed is that um, when you see kids in in these, you know, town, in these cities in, in Italy, and you go to the plazas and the courtyards, and they're all like hanging out together, and they're, they're no they're fun. Outside playing, they're doing. Yeah, they're, all, they're, they're all together, and they're, you know, touchy feely, and they're having a good time, and they're just, you know. Um, and that's fascinating to me because that's that's uh, gratifying to see that because sure. the interaction, you know, the physical interaction with kids. Sure. And then you get, I came home and not everywhere here. I'm not all, all kids, but then you get here and everybody's like this all the time. Oh, I mean, you, you could be in a room of eight people and you're talking to them on your phone. You're not even talking to them in person. You're talking to them on the phone. Yeah, and they, I mean, they they they're they're texting and whatever. They're right next to each other. It's 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 it's. It's, so when you say antisocial, it's so true, though, because yeah. it, it takes us away from being social. Well, what, right? what did Bill Gates say? What did Steve Jobs say? They, they said that they wanted you know, like their kids not to be so stuck in technology. They needed a break. Like Bill Gates said, you know what? You got to take a break. Take a few hours. Stay away from the, the computer. And, and he's a computer. He's Bill Gates, right? But stay away from that and go live life. Do something. Live life, you know, because you, you, you need to do it. These kids are so dependent on technology. God forbid your phone doesn't work that day. You, you're going to have kids rioting. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, you know, I don't want to blame the kids because listen, this is something that's all they know, but that's all they know. But as yeah. we were growing up, we didn't have that. No, you know, we didn't have that technology, which thank God, because what we did have was our friends and you know, outside playing and, and basketball, and we were just outside always. We had to be, you know, our moms dragging us inside for dinner. We didn't yeah. want to come in. Yeah, you, you play know, stick ball, you're playing, you know, okay. man, touch or, you know, right in the middle of the street. You know, I mean, that, but those days, you don't see that anymore. No, you don't. Not as much, not nearly as much. And, no, you uh, don't see any pickup yeah. games. You don't see any of that stuff going on. And that's unfortunate uh, wow. because it's such a great learning experience. And it, like you said, it's, it's a very social environment. Sure. It teaches you how to get along with people. It teaches you how to compromise. It teaches you how to uh, take criticism. You know, one of the, I think one of the places we are today is uh, I, I just recently did a, um, a what do they call it? It's the training that you have to do now when you do uh, when you're doing entertainment, when you're going to be on set, when you're doing you know camera work. It's uh, um, something integration training or uh, you know implicit bias training. Okay. Yeah, right. I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's like a new thing. <laughs> yeah, so you, you know, you go through this course and you just nod the whole time because I'm thinking to myself. People, I just can't believe I'm. This is the stuff 
that you have to learn. I mean, I, we learned this when we were like five years old, right? Yep. So I'm thinking, wow. I mean, I don't know. I, the whole thing to me, but I think people are just um, so easily um, uh, offended now. You know, everybody's so easily offended. I mean, everything's so offensive now. I mean, everything, you know, micro microaggressions. Microaggressions. Right? Oh, yeah. You see, you know, and it's it's funny. When we were growing up, you know, you learn how to be thick skinned. But you learn tolerance. Yeah. You have you have friends, black, white, China, whatever it is. You had a eclectic bunch of friends because, you know, you're the motley crew, and this is the, and you hang out. You and and that's the way it is. Now yeah, but, it's not like that. But we also we would we would constantly you know um, not berate, but we would constantly dog each other all the time. Sure. That's, part of, that's part of being in a friends and a group. You just you're constantly you know you're. And if you can't take it, like, <clears throat> you, you know, uh, Man Caves, uh, Tony Saragusa, my co-host. Yeah. Well, for those who oh, don't he's, know. He's, 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 the, he's the biggest ribber, man. <laughs> he's, he's a ripper from way back. You know? yeah. that's, and that's the mentality. But it's, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, uh, it's not an aggressive um, berating thing. It's just no. more of, a, you know, um, a, an elbow kind of thing. You know what I mean? Where it's a brotherly just, thing, you know. I mean, that, that, that's what it is. Like big brother, little brother, side brother, right. whatever it is. You're going to go and push the buttons because you know you can. Pushing buttons. Yes, thank you. Pushing yep. buttons. And that's and it's 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 in a way where it's a it's a friendly kind of thing, but you're you know you're so you learn that, and you're right when you're in a group of guys like that. And you're right. I had all kinds. Of, I had black friends, Asian friends. I mean, I, we we always had a blast together. You know, we'd always we'd always ribbon each other all the time. Sure. But it's like now you're in an environment now where you've got to think about everything you say and everything you do and every motion you make. Yep. It's like it's uh, it's it's very. Um, it's very frustrating sometimes, you know, but, uh, you know, you, you, you just have to, you have to adapt to the environment we're in now. It's unfortunate, but when you hear these, you go through these, uh, these, uh, you know, these online things, these, uh, implicit bias training thing, you just, you hear these things like, Oh my God, is this the world we're, world we're living in now? Wow. Yeah. I mean, that that's the way it is. And that's why these kids are learning things. They're learning. I mean, uh, in my opinion, they're learning how to be weak. They're not learning how to deal with it. Yeah, and that's the thing with the uh, with the uh, cancel culture, or even with the with the you know we talked about uh, trophies and uh, you know mm -hmm. the uh, everybody the participation trophies and things like that. Um, it's just, I, I just shake my head because it's not the world I grew up in. No, I, I, I let me let me tell you something about that. One time I went to someone I knew their 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 nephew was playing little league. Yeah, yeah. they're playing, and I, I'm I'm like there to cheer him on, hitting home runs, base hits. I said, all right, you know what's the score? person says well we really don't keep scores you don't keep score i said what do you mean you don't keep score somebody's winning somebody's losing oh no no everyone wins here i said are you kidding me and then at the end of the season they all got participation trophies i don't understand how that no, works i'm oh, listening to you that drives me nuts yeah i've had this conversation i i coached little league for years mm -hmm. and one of the reasons i quit is because of this very thing yeah and it drove me nuts because I love the kids. Kids yep. had a blast. Kids want to go out there and they want to have a good time, right? They sure. Have fun. And what drove me nuts was that you know, um, the, a lot of the parents would come in and uh, they'd be, "Why isn't my child playing here?" And it was the parents that drove me crazy, not the kids. Oh right? yeah. Well, it's always the parents. You know, they right. want to. They want everyone wants to be a coach. Yeah, everyone wants to be a coach. Everyone wants to get involved, which is fine. I don't mind. But when you get, you know, it gets a little nuts sometimes. But you know, I would always teach the kids, listen. I'm not. A, I'm not a participation guy. I'm like your your kid's playing second because he's good at second. This mm -hmm. child's playing over here because they're good at that. If they want to play someplace else, that's fine. We can work that out. But 
there is a winner and there is a loser. Mm -hmm. And you have to teach children how to lose with respect and how to win with respect. Sure. Right? You have to teach them both. It's well, very important. It's, it's character building. It's character building. Yeah. What, what drives me crazy is that you're not, in my opinion, you're not doing the kid a lot of favors by not teaching them what losing is about because that's going to happen in real life. In that's real life, the thing. Win everything, you lose a lot, yep. right? So the losing is what makes you the person you are, yep. not the winning. And yeah. when I hate it, I see kids win with this with this really bad attitude, you know. And I'm like, I would tell kids, listen, you lost, shake it off, go up and shake that person's hand, congratulate mm -hmm. them, and tell them you're going to beat them next time. You know, I mean, there's ways to win and ways to lose, but you got to, you can't hold, you can't keep that from kids. I mean, you know, it's great that they participate, mm -hmm. but that's not why they're doing it. They're doing it to win. Yeah, so, I agree with you on that because at the end of the day, that competition helps to feed your desire to want more. When I was a kid playing Little League, you know what? You, you, you win, you lose, and, and when you lose, you get angry, but you come back stronger the next game. But that's yeah. how, that, that helps you in life because you get, you're going to get knocked down. Are you going to get back up? Are you going to cry to mommy? Are you, you going to have them prop you up because you, 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 you can't handle it? It's too stressful, whatever the case may be. It, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. That's, that's what we're seeing today is you, yeah. you just, it's too stressful. I mean, sure. listen, you know, life doesn't care about your feelings. Your feelings don't matter in life, right? I mean, your feelings matter to you. They don't matter to anybody else. Mm -hmm. So you can't go around thinking that everybody's going to pay attention to your feelings and your feelings are hurt and everybody else has to pay attention. Right. That's not life. That's not how life works. It's just I, the fact that we even have to have this conversation blows my mind. Yeah. Right? But well, that's, what, that's what you see on college campuses now, which yeah. is crazy. So, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, now it's like it's just everything's just in that mode. Like, OK, uh, let's use kid gloves for this. Let's let's go. Don't offend anyone. Don't say this. Don't say that. You know what? When when you when you ha when you're able to deal with that, that toughens you up and it helps to build your character, because you know what? There'll come a time where you have to deal with someone like that. You're not prepared. What are you going to do? Sit in a corner and cry like a baby? Or are you going to stand up and say, hey, I can deal with it and just deal with it as, as an adult would, where a lot of yeah. people aren't like that, you know? Yeah, and I mean, listen, part of the reason for my success is uh, is for that very reason. It's, it's not because I was the best looking guy or I was the best at this. The best at, it's because I worked hard. Yeah. I showed up on time. I treated people with respect. This isn't rocket science, right? No. This is. You know, if people will remember you because you're that guy, he was always polite, he showed up on time, he worked yeah. hard. That's what you remember for. Sure, right? sure. So, and, that, and then that's why, look, you, you watch MMA, you watch, we watch UFC. You know, what bothers me when you have a fight that goes on and somebody wins, somebody loses, right? And the person that wins, I mean, yeah, you cheer, you celebrate, but you show respect for the person you just beat. You have yeah. to. Or when you lose and you're so angry that you want to keep fighting, but you lost the match. You know, there, there's certain character traits that are there that kind of, you know, throw things off for me because I saw someone, I forget, I, I, I don't know who it was, but they, they, got, they, they had a match. He won and he went down. He was so respectful to him. And I said, that's what needs, that's what people need to see. It's funny you bring that up because I'm a big, huge MMA fan. I know you are as well. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know you know a lot of these guys. Um, Too many of them. <laughs> yeah. There's a match. There's a match that I watched 
that I, it really ticked me off. Uh, and because of that very thing that you're talking about, the respect that you show, because anybody that gets in that ring, I have nothing but respect for. Mm -hmm. you, you hop in that, yeah. that ring, you mean business. And, uh, you know, that these guys work their butts off and girls and gr some of the, some of the women's matches are some of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah. But anyway, uh, there was a, a fight between, um, oh my God. Uh, I know, uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, Dana got really upset and threw the belt at the ground. You remember this? Uh, Faintly. It was Anderson Silva. It was a fight with Anderson Silva. Okay. And guy, I don't remember the other guy's name, but he disrespected the guy in the middle of the ring. Do you remember this? I, I remember it faintly. And then Dana got really upset and threw the belt at the ground. Wouldn't even yeah. give it to him. Yeah, and see, but stuff like that, it just – I'm just saying, you know, I, you, you've got – listen, I don't care if you beat the – of course you're going to beat somebody in the ring, but you always got to show respect to the people that we're, again, going, going, going back to being kids, okay? Yeah. You got to fight with someone. You you went head to head. You know what? Someone won. Someone lost. Later on, you're hanging out. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's just the yeah. way it is, you know. But in martial arts and MMA, there has to be respect there, and you know, and yeah. Yeah, I, I want to be careful. I don't. I'm not. You know, listen, Anderson Silva is an amazing fighter. The guy right. down is one of the best. But you know, it's just moments like that. I think where. Um, you know, we all have to take a second and think, all right, this is, uh, you know, I don't want to disrespect somebody that worked just as hard to get here, even though I, even though I beat them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I agree with you. I, you know, respect for me is it's respect and integrity is one of those things that you're, 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 you're brought up. And that's something that, you know, should be impressed upon you in a young age. All right. I think so. And, and see, once it's a part of you, it's not something that's going to leave you because that's a part of you. That's a part of your character. Again, going back to character building, you know, if that's part of your character, you're not going to go and go against your character because yeah. at the end of the day, in your worst moments, your character shines the brightest. What, no matter what it is, that character is going to shine the brightest, whether it's good, bad, and different, it's, it's, it's going to shine. You know, and then that that's the way that works. So now tell tell me, Jason, what are you working on now? Because I know you were doing stuff in your house. You you're doing all this stuff and then you have your you have your contractor business too, right? Yeah. So I, I just um yes, I have the contractor business, just finished a deck uh that I was uh working on for a client. I'm actually gonna and before that I actually did a uh, wine room, uh really, really nice uh wine room uh for another client, actually a friend of uh Tommy Syracuse's. Um, and then, uh, I've got a couple other projects coming up, uh, work I'm doing on my house and then the shows, uh, I'm going to be traveling for that. So, um, yeah, just, just keep busy. You know, the, the construction uh, side of it never really, uh, slowed down. I mean, mm -hmm. even during this whole crazy Corona thing, I mean, the construction side never really slowed down because we could still continue doing what we were doing, you know, even in the environment we're in with the mask and everything, because we're, we're usually far enough away from people or Home Depot and, and the hardware stores and the lumber stores never closed. Right, right. So you know, we were able to keep that going, thank God. Um, so, yeah, that's been good. I mean, the construction side of things is great. Um, almost too much business, right? I mean, you, right. Get, you get inundated with uh, things. And what's tough for me is that I travel so much, so it's hard to take on a big project. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't like not being here. I, I, even though I trust the guys that work for me, I, I don't like not being around. Uh, you know, you want to be here. Sure. So, it, it really hinders you in terms of being able to take out certain projects because you're on the road. Uh, yeah. when you're well, but, you're the type uh, of guy that, you know, if you take on a job, you don't want the owners to see everyone else and maybe see you once or twice because yeah. it's like you're subbing it out to people. You yeah. Know? And it's your name, you know, it's your name on it. Yeah, you know, sure. 
yeah, I take that very seriously. So um, for me, I, I want to make sure. So it's all timing, uh, you know. And listen, I, I don't want to complain about being busy if we're shooting. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's all it's all timing. But yeah, I mean, things work out. I, I'm I'm just uh, very thankful um, that you know we're doing well and that you know we're able to uh, adapt in these times. And, uh, I'm like you, you know, you, you, uh, congratulations on, on the, uh, on the system that you're working with now. I know that's, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, we've been working hard on Vero High, building everything up. And, you know, we're, we're excited about the prospects. We're excited about what's going to happen. It's going to be very interesting. I, I appreciate that, Jason. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I've been following your career for a long time too. And it's uh, interesting, uh, some of the pictures that I've seen you with some of the people that, you know, that I've admired over the years that you've yeah. had worked yeah. with, uh, it's pretty incredible, man. I'm sure a lot of stories there. I, in fact, some of the people that I've met through the years with man caves, you know, I mean, uh, working with people like uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that should have been into, I'm sure that was an interesting deal with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yeah. With Charlie Sheen and Snoop Dogg and some of these people, I mean, you know, it, it's just, uh, fascinating to meet some of them and, and you know, cause when you spent your whole life watching certain people on camera, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Charlie's one of those guys that you grew up watching. He's right. Been, you know, and then you meet him in person and it's just, it's a, it's very, you know, it's very interesting. very weird. Yeah. Charlie, <laughs> guys, when you meet him, he's, he's, he is nuts. Charlie's mm -hmm. nuts. Crazy. I mean, he's got, I remember standing there with him and, and Goose and I were talking in before the show started what, what he wanted in his room. I keep looking at you and then the, and then the camera. I don't know if you no, noticed that. That's okay. That's all right. Just keep, because so, the camera, just look at the camera so people can see you. He's got two cigarettes burning, right? He's got literally two cigarettes going. He, he's he's two-handed. <laughs> two-handed cigarettes, right? You know, he's one to smoke. But, and I remember, I remember Goose looking at him and saying, what are you, nuts? What are you going to get cancer with two cigarettes? And he, I remember him looking at Goose and he goes, I don't believe in cancer. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. He, he's right. else. I mean, Chuck, Chuck Zito used to be his bodyguard uh, back in the day. And yeah, he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed who he is. No, no yeah, I'll tell you what, man. He, but he's the kind of guy who would literally give you the shirt off his back. You yeah. Know, he really I mean, he's, uh, uh, he's very loyal to his friends. Very loyal. Mm -hmm. um and uh but he he's uh you know crazy it's a little trick you know but then then again you know people may think what you're doing is weird or what i do is weird you know Absolutely. so we're, we're a bunch of weirdos uh, but but we make it work we make it work man. we make it work it's, it's uh, fascinating though when you work uh you know doing this kind of career and the mm -hmm. people that you meet it's uh, yeah I, I love that side of it um, and you know what I told somebody, and you'll agree with this, and you'll understand. Like um, I remember one one time I was in Ohio, and I was with Bruno Sammartino. I met him maybe twenty years prior, when I, when I was younger. So when I met him, I talked to him, and I you know, and he said, and he he knew me by name, and I was thrown back, and I, and he and he said, Lou, you know, how you doing? How's the family? I said, Wow. I said, you remember? He said, Yeah, I remember. And you know, he's from Pittsburgh too. So, you know, when I had him on, we were talking, we took pictures and everything. And then two months later or three months later, he died. And, you know, what people need to understand, like we're doing the show and the things you do and the people you meet, these are these are opportunities for you to, you know, chronicle things, you know, and and, and, and it's not it's not saying, hey, I'm with Snoop and taking a picture and all, you know, you know, promoting it like that. But it's more so, hey. You know, these people were here. I was, I had the, these moments, and later on, people look back and say, "Wow, that's pretty cool." Yeah. You know that yeah. that 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 it happened. 
You know, yeah. think about it. Late, you know, and in 15, 20 years, they're gonna look back and say, "Oh shit, you were with Charlie Sheen, you you were with Snoop Dogg, this one, that one," and they'll look back, and it'll be it'll be a conversation piece. Yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Um, it was a uh, when the whole the reason that whole thing came about, the reason we did a man cave with uh, Snoop Dogg, and this was back when he was doing his show Fatherhood. You remember that show? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was living in. I don't know if he still lives in the same house in LA. He, he might have moved by now. But um, but that's, that's the house we had the the little area in the back, right? He had his little playroom. Yeah, he. I don't know if he's still there or not. But okay. um, I, I just remember watching his show, right, Fatherhood, because I, I used to watch it, and I remember him leaving the house and walking out to his what what was his man cave, which was an eight by eight or eight six by eight tool shed. Yeah. yeah. With lawn furniture and an old 19-inch RCA, I'm like, that's Snoop's man cave? Are you kidding? I just remember thinking to myself, I'm like, that's what he's in? With lawn furniture? And it wasn't even nice lawn furniture. It was like broken up lawn furniture, right? I'm like, that, that's Snoop Dogg. So I took it upon myself to call his manager. I got a hold of his manager. I said, God, I said listen, man. I said, uh, I told him who I was and what I do in the show, man caves and what we do. And he goes, Snoop needs a real man cave. I mean, are you kidding me with this? <laughs> So he agreed, and uh, we so we hooked it up. Him and I worked it out where we got the show involved, and that's how this whole thing came about. So we we go out there, and um, he was the day we started shooting. He was also shooting at the same time. So we had two production companies at his house. We had our production company shooting Man Cave, and he had his production company shooting Fatherhood at the same time. Right. Right. So we were on the we we had already taken out his old shed, which we donated. Mm-hmm. We got rid of it. And we increased the concrete pad that it was on to uh, basically he went from an I think it was maybe an eight by eight to a uh, twelve by sixteen. Okay, right? was the size. So we had already poured that. So we're standing on the concrete pad, myself and Goose, and I don't remember who else was with us at the time, but we were talking about the view that he had in the back because initially the, the original plan called for no windows, mm-hmm. right? So we're looking at this amazing view he's got. And Goose and I are like, he needs a window. We got to put a window in this, right? So Goose goes, go tell her to put a window in, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I'm walking around the property looking for uh, Snoop to tell him we're going to put a window in his new man cave, which wasn't originally part of the plan. Right. So I see him, and he's shooting a scene. And I so I step out because, you know, how you, sometimes you walk in and you step out. Yeah, yeah. And the producer's like, no, go tell him. They wanted me to surprise him and walk in. I'm like, okay. So I go in, interrupt his scene, and I'm like, hey, Snoop, I'm really sorry to interrupt. We got a little dilemma back down on your new man kid. He goes, what's that? I said, we want to put a window in because you got this amazing view. So we, I wanted to let you know we're putting a window in. And he, looks, he goes, and Muffer, I want one way in, one way out. That's it. <laughs> no window. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah, you know what? I, I can see him making a comment like that. That's hilarious. Yeah, he didn't mean the MF in a bad way. He was just, I think that's the way he addresses it. Yeah, you know, but that, no, but that, I, I can see him being very, very smooth about it as well. Just okay. like, in, in, in the way only Snoop can say it, right? Yeah, way, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was funny because, uh, no, 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 he didn't want the windows in his man cave. He wants, uh, you know. He wants his privacy. So that's what I would think. He's there, and then he has his TV, and and oh, we were smart, man. We we got. We, I think we had two or th- at least three fifties in there. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's state of the art. Everything's state of the art. Oh, you know, I saw the end result of that. That's why I said he was there. Had his TV, yeah. the video games, and everything all all hooked up. I didn't know yeah, he yeah. had. I didn't know yeah, he right. had the other thing with the lawn chair and everything. 
Yeah, and then we had, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, apparently uh, Snoop's favorite meal and favorite food is from Denny's. He loves Denny's. Yeah. He eats Denny's every day. Right. So what we did is we got him a red phone, you know, like the president's phone. Right. And when he picks it up, it's a direct line to Denny's. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. You <laughs> love that, man. He got a kick out of that. So that, that was a lot of fun. Uh, shows like that, we have a blast. So listen, 90% of the shows that we did, we did that. We did 15 seasons of Man Kids. Wow. Um, and then 14 seasons of Desperate Landscapes. So, um, but every every episode that we did, 90% uh, of them were with, with a regular guy, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who was just very appreciative, just a normal everyday guy who loved it, and who, you know. And that's that was what we loved to do. We loved to give right. back to the guys that were just, you know, loved the show and wanted a really cool Man Kid. But occasionally we would do these celebrity episodes, which were a lot of fun to do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, I think one of the biggest things we got from people is like they can afford their own man cave, which of course they can, you know. But part of the entertainment value is is doing that. And sure. uh, something like Snoop is just a fun uh, episode to do. Oh, that's, a, that's a fun project because you do it and it's like this is what we did for you. It's not, it's not about them affording it or not. It's about showing the world, hey, this is, a, this is just a cool show and a cool yeah. thing to do, you know. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I mean, when you're talking about home improvement, uh, you know, entertainment, home improvement TV, it is entertainment at the end of the day. Sure. It's entertainment, right? So, I mean, we, we try to impart a lot of knowledge like I, I do. I always do on the shows, mm -hmm. on Man Caves, on Desperate Landscapes. We'd always try to do that. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, balance, it's a tight balance that you walk uh, between uh, the information that you impart and the entertainment value that you provide. You know, right. so... Um, but I, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, when it comes to home improvement television, mm -hmm. um, really get somebody getting something out of it. Uh, so getting some good knowledge. One of my, it's funny. I always used to a joke with, uh, their, you know, one of my biggest pet peeves when I watch home improvement shows is if I see a, somebody on TV with a tool belt on, there's no tools in it. Oh my God. It drives me nuts, man. Because my, my tool belt weighs about 28 pounds. So, you know, I see somebody with a brand new tool belt with no tools in it. Yeah, no, if you got a tool belt, you need tools in there. And, yeah. and you know what? You know, the thing is, you mentioned about people learning. Yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Look, my fiance, she watches all these shows. She loves it. She learns. She has me doing things, you know, but it's it's like you're, you're, you, you, your mind starts working a little extra and you say, hey, I can do this. But when you see these these uh, these home improvement shows, when they're actually doing something to help someone, like with what you guys do, and you're doing that, and you see the reaction, the, the legitimate reaction of the person, that is what it that that's what touches you, and that's what that's why you say, hey, you know what, we did a good thing, and I think yeah, that's no, the good stuff that comes out of the shows. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think you know if you're going to talk to most people about you know when they watch home improvement shows, they they love the beginning, they love the end, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right. You're right. The the uh, the reaction at the end is uh, is is the money shot. It's it's what we all look forward to. It's what you know. I mean, you you hope it's going to be like the uh, like for example, we we did a show recently uh, with Lamarcus Aldridge, mm -hmm. uh, and he did a uh, makeover for his for his high school coach. Okay. So Lamarcus, Lamarcus for those who don't know, Lamarcus Aldridge is a best NBA player, mm -hmm. uh, well known NBA player. Um, guys, guys like. I don't know, six six eleven. That's the one that, that's running back and forth that'll have knee problems at some point. I remember, I remember standing next to him, and I'm just like, I just felt like a you know five year old standing yeah. next to him. Oh, I know, I know how you feel. One time I was with 
uh, Steve Hess, he used to be the strength uh, coach for the Denver Nuggets. He invited me to the garden. I went there, and he brought some players over. I'm looking. I'm like, this guy's like six foot a hundred. Okay. Yeah, good guy, but uh, amazing uh, uh, basketball player. But anyway, so we're um, so San Antonio, right? I think Marcus San Antonio, right? So anyway, we um, we are uh, uh, making over his space for his uh, coach and. Um, he had an amazing story about his coach, how his coach came in and made a huge difference in his life. And if it wouldn't have been for his coach, his high school coach, he would have gone down the wrong path. He never would have made it to the NBA. So he, he uh, wanted to give back to his coach. So the coach's reaction when he came into that room that we made over for him was, uh, I mean, we were all in tears, you know, yeah. and they were hugging each other. And uh, it was just a very heartfelt moment. And it was something that uh, uh, really made a big difference in his coach's life, mm-hmm. you know. And to be able to uh, for Marcus to give back some somebody like that was really cool, and that's what the new show is about. It's about I like it. Yeah, it's about somebody like a Marcus or, or, or an all star or a celebrity giving back to somebody in their past that helped them uh, attain their their uh, you know their uh, where they're at today. Well, you know, when you're growing up, and, and especially you're an athlete, and there's always that one person or yeah. two people that helped you along the way when nobody believed in you. And they help you to get to where you want to get to. Some people forget about this. Yeah. But like with Aldridge, him remembering this, that makes me feel better that, hey, you need more athletes like that. And that's why I like it when athletes, when, when, they're, when they're retiring, that they give back to the younger players and teach them that this is yeah. a good way to do things. You handle your finances this way. Don't forget the people that, that helped you on the way up. And be respectful, and that that that's a that's a really 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 um, that's a really good thing you guys are doing, and I think that's going to be a hit. I yeah, like I, hope so. I, I think so too, and I think uh, I'm really excited about it because it's something I believe in, and it's yeah. uh, I, I do like that. You're right. I think we all get to where we're going with help. You know, sure. nobody nobody does it alone. So no. being able, being able to look back and give credit where credits due, and, and uh, and give back to those who helped you along the way is, mm-hmm. is huge. Um, and that's good to see, like, when you meet some of these celebrities and some of these athletes that have, that have attained such a high level of success, uh, and then to see them, you know, talk about the people who helped them get there. Mm-hmm. You know? And if they wouldn't have been helped in that way, they probably never would have made it to that level. So, yeah. and, and I want people that are listening and watching uh, the show to understand that, see, Jason is probably one of the most humblest guys out there. You won't hear him bragging or doing all this stuff. I'll brag for him because, you know, he's done a lot of things and, you know, he holds his wife in the highest regard. I know you do. And your yeah. relationship is a, is a yeah, it's a big part of it's a big part of of why you're able to do the things you do because you have a partner that's with you that has your six no matter what. Yeah, that's important. Uh, listen, without a doubt, I mean, I give my wife a ton of credit just because she's amazing at what she does. She has her career; she's professional, um, and I have nothing but respect for that. But she. Uh, She's a huge support. So you're right. I mean, I, I think, you know, whether it's your wife or your family and those who are around you that give you the support you need is uh, is vital. You know, yeah. you wouldn't be able to do what you do. And congratulations to you on the uh, – what when's the big date for you? Oh, we haven't said it yet. We're, we're right. in pandemic mode. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Yeah, have, you. <laughs> yeah, have, but- have you discussed where you want it, where you guys want to go yet for uh, honeymoon? I, I I just I just leave everything in her lap, whatever she wants, whatever it is. There you go. So you're learning already. I am. Her. Oh, I, I learned from. I I observe and I learned. 
Don't don't worry about that. Don't worry. Well, I can about make that. a recommendation to you. Uh, one of the things that I recommend highly uh, to think about for a honeymoon is uh, Machu Picchu. Okay. In Peru. Amazing, dude. I'm I'm telling you, man. I uh, one of the things, one place that I always wanted to go. So my wife and I finally went, and uh, what an experience that was to be to be. Uh, you've I, I know you've seen pictures of Machu Picchu, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The same picture. But to be there is is something different, you know. It, it is. It's like a. It, it's really a crazy experience. But to just to be there and to climb those mountains, which to be honest with you, that wasn't an easy climb. It's Upper Machu Picchu and Wainu Upper Picchu are the two mountains. Mm -hmm. That when you see the pictures taken from Machu Picchu, that's where they're taking them from. Is up on the top of these two mountains, and they're a climb, man. They're a climb. But when you get up there and you see, it and, the, and the the fog clears and the clouds clear, and then you see this incredible stone palace and village, it's just uh, it's uh, mystical, man. It's really cool. So, and, and this, these are the things that mean something in life is is having those moments, creating memories, I, and having moments. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And to be honest with you, as somebody who is a builder and, and uh, a tradesman, a carpenter, um, I was fascinated, absolutely fascinated by looking at what these, what the Inca were able to accomplish with the, with the um, tools that they had at the time, mm -hmm. right? You're talking back when the, you know, I think when the conquistadors came over is when they dropped everything and left. Mm -hmm. And you can literally see where they were working on something, and then they just walked away, and that was it. They just and it and it for then it, for, it was forgotten about. But um, the precision with which they were able to cut these stones, I mean, you literally you would see a you would see the mountainside come down, right? And then they were able to cut these stones in a certain way that they would mimic that mountainside perfectly. Like you couldn't feed a, you couldn't literally fit a piece of paper between the two. Oh wow. It was incredible. And the precision that they had in terms of when you walked into one of the buildings and you looked at, they had these little niches in the wall where they would set things. Mm -hmm. And I took a laser, I had a laser pointer with me and I took it and I put it on the one corner and it shined across and it hit exactly the same point on the other side. Oh, like wow. It, it, to me, it was, it's literally incredible. And that's uh, what, that's with, with ancient tools they were doing this. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't know. I mean, the tools they were using at that time, I'd have to look back and see, go through, read my history book in terms of the type of tools that the Incas were using then. But um, it's literally incredible to see the way they were able to build and the precision with which they did it, um, which we would have a hard time today doing what they did with the tools that we have. So, uh, that, that makes you think. Yeah. That makes you think. See, people, you know, they always mention the Egyptians and the pyramids and everything, but you have other, you know, like what you just mentioned with the Incas. That that's 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 amazing. Yeah, but you, you know, all over the world, whether you're looking at the Great Pyramids or the pyramids that are here in South America, um, you know, probably very similar in terms of the way they were able to construct these things. Uh, but they were all done with precision. And they were all done according to the stars and according to, uh, you know, the uh, alignment. But um, really, really fascinating when you look at the, uh, the building techniques and uh, the amount of precision they were able to attain. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. That I'm going to have to check out for sure. See, I wanted to make sure that during the show that we mentioned your wife and your relationship because yeah. not, not I mean, she, you guys have an amazing relationship. But I like to pinpoint that sometimes because people need to realize, you know, you need someone. It's always better to have someone along with you for the journey. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, we, we've met, we've been together now since uh, 99. 
Oh, so, so she's been there since the beginning. Since oh, yeah, you had well, the rose in your mouth. Go. Listen, listen. When she met me, I, I was I was just a guy working at a bar. I was, <laughs> she she was there from the beginning, man. She was there when I when I finally hit that you know that uh, that moment of success. So I yeah, like no. It, no, actually, Absolutely. I don't like it. I love that stuff because that's your ride or die. That's the person that's with you, you know, in, in, on your journey of life. That's that's great. Marianne. Yes, thank you. Yes. I'll make sure I, when she gets home, I'll, I'll let her Yeah, know. I just want – well, yeah. you know, we were going to have her on if she wasn't working all the time. We could have – Next time you do one, I'll bring her on. I'll oh, we got to bring her on because then we talk about relationships because that's important. Whether relationship with your spouse, relationship with people, your kids, whatever the case may be. Everything's about relationships. So, that, that's that, that's what we do, you know. So so now in closing, yes, I'm going to ask you two questions. First, if you had to give advice to anyone on entrepreneurship and attaining success, what would that advice be? Never stop and never take no for an answer. Um, always look for opportunities. I always tell people, you know. Um, don't ever restrict yourself from putting yourself out there uh, because you never know who you're going to meet and you never know what opportunity will arise, right? So the more you keep yourself from those opportunities, the less you have. So, I mean, always put yourself out there. Be prepared. I mean, because that's where the training comes in. But um, don't be afraid to get out there and, and just go for it. And don't let anybody tell you you can't do something. Because um, don't let other people control that. That's yeah, I love it. That's great advice from Jason Cameron. Now, Jason, one more thing, okay? Yeah. Why don't you? I mean, because people are watching, they they know you, but people are listening too. And you know, why don't you give your website and stuff so they know how to to learn more about you, follow you, and that no stalking. We don't like the stalking, but just going and and being prepared for your next phase. Crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, so Jay Cameron TV, you can find me on social media. Uh, it's all Jay Cameron TV, whether it's Twitter or Facebook. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, it's funny, I don't use the um, the website as much, I, to be honest. It's all social media now. Um, that's, that, that, that's the world we live in social media but you know you'll you'll have information on your upcoming shows and stuff like that on there right yes i will yeah you definitely have the social media i'll make sure I'll, i put um uh i'll put a post up in terms of when that's coming up when i'm allowed to actually announce when, it when, when you're allowed to announce it you put it up i'll retweet it i'll repost it we're gonna get it out there we're gonna pump up cbs we're gonna make it all work jason brother Thank you so much for coming on the show and just hang out with me uh, for all that. Again, you're listening, you're viewing, check out Jason Cameron, go check him out on Twitter, Facebook. Just don't stalk the guy. He has a lot of things going on. He doesn't need to be bothered, but keep in tune uh, with him as he uh, announces his new show. Jason, hang out. Right. And thank you. Thank you, man. In your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.